Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller, the host of this program. I'm a collaborative family lawyer and mediator and the founder of the Miller Law Group. I'm on a mission to change the way people divorce in New York and to divorce without destroying their families or themselves. And I'm here today with Abby Rossmarin, the executive director of the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals. Abby is a family mediator as mediation counsel to the White Plains law firm of McCarthy Fingar a coach in the collaborative process, and, and as I said before, the executive director of the NYACP. She pursues her interest in communication and conflict resolution by helping people in a variety of forums and draws on her experience as both an attorney and a therapist. As the executive director of NYACP, she's keenly aware of the training and commitment of our members, the New York Association of Collaborative Professional Members, to help couples reduce conflict and create an agreement that takes care of the needs of the entire family. Abby also recently informed me, which is really interesting, Abby, that she and another NYACP member, Jeffrey Steiger, have just launched Pivotal Moments, which is a breakthrough group experience for people eager to explore opportunities and create change. So if it's all right with you, Abby, what I'd like to do is to talk with you today a little bit about collaborative practice and about the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals. And also, maybe you could tell us a little bit toward the end about the program that you and Jeffrey are starting. Great. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. So let's start a little bit about collaborative practice. You know, it's something that I mention on, in all of these shows and is in the introduction to this show that I'm a collaborative attorney and that my firm is completely dedicated to non-litigated settlements for people in divorce. That means without going to court and other family law issues, but really primarily divorce. And I'm not sure we've really had a chance yet to talk about what collaborative is and to explore it as an option. And I think you're the perfect person to help us do that. Great. Maybe you could give us some sort of sense of what collaborative divorce is, you know, and we'll sort of talk about it together and describe how the process works for divorcing families who want to stay out of court and find appropriate solutions. Sure. Collaborative is one of a couple of alternatives that people have when they are choosing to divorce or separate. It's a process which in the New York area and the way professionals who are members of NYACP practice that you strive for a team approach to help couples and families who are going through divorce figure out what is the best way to restructure their family without litigation and by looking first at what matters to people and what are their needs and what are their interests. It's a very organized and structured process. There is a roadmap, there's protocols of how to practice this way, and the professionals really lead the couples to a resolution. 
Yeah, you know, the way that I really understand it, and I think this is what you're saying, is that it's really an integrative approach, right? So we're taking a look at the needs of the entire family, not just the divorce, right? right. And we're seeing where are mom, where is dad, where are the kids in their lives, where are they going, what do they need in order to make a relatively smooth, supported, maybe supported transition from living together in a very stressful situation to a really more of a binuclear family where they're living in separate households. And as part of the collaborative process, we're really trying to take a look at that process in the context of the rest of their lives so that they can go forward successfully from this transition. Right. In fact, the idea is, in terms of a mind frame, that collaborative helps families restructure the family versus break apart the family or destroy the family. And words about how you describe what you want in the future are really important. So just even the idea that I'm going to get divorced, but I'm looking to restructure my family is a very, very different way of solving that problem of how to get divorced than I'm going to get divorced and I'm going to win. Yeah. So it's really not a win-lose situation. It's really about, and I don't really like the term win-win either because it's overly simplified, I think, right? Yes. But it's more of a familial transition from one place to another place where we're really looking to support everybody to make that transition in the best possible way that they can. And that can include not just attorneys who can help you understand rights and responsibilities under the law, which you can and don't have to follow necessarily in collaborative, but it also includes mental health experts and financial professionals and any other allied professional that might be needed. For instance, someone to help relaunch a career might be brought in in some aspect to help a parent or a spouse in that regard, if that seems like it's needed. But the object is to hold the couple and help them as they transition to being separated or divorced. Yeah. Before we go on, I'd just like to remind people that this is Catherine Miller, the host of Dialogue on Divorce, every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30 on WVOX, 1460 AM and WVOX.com. And we're talking today with Abby Ross Marin, who is the executive director of the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals. And right now we're talking about what the collaborative divorce option is and how it can help people to make a transition from married to divorced with the least amount of disruption to their families and themselves. And so one thing that you said, Abby, earlier on was that it's a very structured process. And I'd like to talk a little bit about what that means, because sometimes I think people think, well, if we don't go to court, then, you know, we just have to decide ourselves and we can't decide ourselves because we can't have a civil conversation with each other without breaking up into fighting. And that's just going to be not helpful. And I need someone to protect me because I'm not getting to say what I need to say, or I'm not being listened to. And I think what you're saying is that the structure of the collaborative process is really to stop that from happening, that people, instead of going into the structure of the court process, go into the structure of the collaborative process and work through these issues in a similar way, obviously with a different perspective. Yeah, I think that you know, and I know from both of our work in this process, because I'm a coach in this process and you're an attorney in this process, that when people feel that they're not being heard or understood, they get worried. And they also look to how will they be treated fairly. And for some people, they feel like, oh, what matters to me is to be treated fairly. And if it doesn't happen here, then I have to go there. And for some people, that seems to be understood that I have to go to court to be treated fairly. 
But in because the, because I won't be listened to, right? And right. Because I haven't been listened to for so many years. Now I won't be listened to here in this way. And so I really need someone to listen to me, some other person outside of me and you, mm-hmm. husband and wife right. or two spouses. It's what they're looking for, for salvation in some ways. That's right. And the the magic for me about collaborative and the reason why it works is because in the process itself, that idea of being heard and understood about what matters to you, what do you want, is front and center. It doesn't mean that just because you want something, you're going to snap your fingers and get it. But it does mean that that is how the conversation is going to be structured about what you want. And you'd be surprised, as I know you know, and that people want almost within a range the same things. They want to be treated fairly. They want their children to be okay. They don't want to suffer. They don't want to feel the pain and the loss. They want to have hope and think that in the future will be better than maybe right this moment right now. They want to find a way to gain strength from a transition that they're going through. I mean, there's many other themes and archetypes that you could pull out, but how those are articulated for a particular person and what it means down like on the granular level is different for each person. It's unique. And the collaborative process and the people who work on a collaborative team pay attention to that and they're mindful of that and they know that that has to be addressed. Besides how you're going to live, what's your cash flow, what are your assets and your liabilities, and what perhaps do you envision the future relationship between you and your and your ex is going to look like. I think that what you've just said is really deep and very important. You know, so we use this word fair. I want it to be fair. We as human beings on the face of the planet, given, you know, I remember myself as a little girl, mommy, it's not fair, right? Like, what does that mean? And and what does that mean to someone who's facing divorce or any other conflict in their life that they want to be treated fairly? And I think what you're referencing is that it's both in result, right? It's my turn to watch my show on TV, right? I mean, like from that's me, you know, talking to my mom, although we weren't really allowed to watch TV. So whatever, (laughs) you get the idea, right? In your imagination. Whatever it is, something (laughs) simple like that versus being treated fairly, right? So just using going back to my my turn to watch my show, it's about watching my show, but it's also about being treated with my mother in that she's treating my sister and me with equal handedly, if that's a word, right? Those two things of how are we treating each other in terms of our process? And then is this going to be a fair result for me in terms of my ability to move forward in my life and meet the obligations and the needs that I have? Right. I think that also enveloped in the word fairness, and they sound so trite these days, but they really aren't trite words, is dignity and respect. Ultimately, people are in human relationships, and we need human relationships on a deep biological level, an evolutionary level, but also an emotional level. And while people might be somewhat inept in times of stress as how they express themselves, that doesn't undermine the natural desire for positive, supportive human relationships where you feel useful also. And how you're treated with dignity and respect and with fairness, these sort of catch-all words, really matters to how you can anticipate or create your future as well. So it's about the moment in time, but it's also about how you see yourself for the future. And to go through something like divorce and to be able to have hope for the future is something I think that a lot of people would like to have. That's very powerful. 
This is Catherine Miller. This program is Dialogue on Divorce. We're talking today with Abby Ross-Marin, the Executive Director of the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals. You're listening to WVOX 1460 AM and www.wvox.com. And it's interesting, you know, I just published a book called The New Yorker's Guide to Collaborative Divorce, and the subtitle of the book is Untying the Knot with Dignity, Respect, and Compassion. Hmm. So it's so... I didn't um, know that. It's so coincidental to me, but it's not really coincident because that really is the whole purpose, thank you, by the way, of the collaborative process is to help people untie the knot with dignity, respect, and compassion. And I'd just like to say for our listeners that if you're interested in reading the book, it's available for free if you contact me on my website, www.westchesterfamilylaw.com, westchesterfamilylaw.com, if you want a free copy of The New Yorker's Guide to Collaborative Divorce. That's um, fantastic. Congratulations on thank that. Thank you. Um, it's, really, it's really been a, a long time project for me to really try to get it together. And it's not a long book, but I really want people to really know that they have the collaborative option. And so few people do, you yeah. know, and, and we've been around for a long time, actually here in New York. And maybe we could now talk a little bit about the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals, which okay. has been in existence since the late 90s. I mean, in full disclosure, I'm the past president of NYACP, as we're fondly calling ourselves. But we've been working really hard for a long time to educate people, not that they should do this, but that they should know this exists so that they have a choice if they wanted to try the collaborative divorce process that they could know about it. And so can you talk a little bit about the organization, what the organization tries to do and accomplish for people and where people might be able to get some information about that? Sure. So we'll start with the sort of simple one, administrative. You can go to the website, which is www.nyacp.com. And one thing that the website has, among other things, is obviously a description of the collaborative process, but also a list of professionals, right, who work in, in this way. Right. So NYACP, or New York Association of Collaborative Professionals, is a organization that is a trade organization of professionals who work in the collaborative model in the greater New York area. And it is also has a ancillary mission to educate the community about collaborative. And that includes not just professionals, but the community at large. The membership in the NYACP is somewhat selective, in fact, and it is aimed to assure that people who are members are highly experienced and trained. Members are not just attorneys, but licensed mental health professionals, such as psychologists and social workers and licensed mental health counselors and psychiatrists, and also financial professionals Each of these disciplines must have a certain level of training and experience to even meet our standards. And the reason why we have standards is because when a couple is considering collaborative or when one member of a couple is considering collaborative, they might come to a practitioner and talk about collaborative. And what happens next? Well, you have to go back and talk with your spouse about this process. Right, because both people have to be willing and interested in pursuing this model of resolving conflict. And it occurs to me what we didn't cover for people who don't know, in collaborative divorce, each spouse is represented by their own attorney who represents their client for the purpose of advocating for them in the collaborative process. And if, in fact, the collaborative process breaks down for some reason, that attorney cannot represent the client in a litigated matter. 
And none of the professionals, just so that I can just add to that, is that none of the professionals can work except for very specific circumstances with either of the clients after the collaborative process ends. And there's a reason for that. And maybe you want to jump in and talk about that. Sure. But before I do, I just want to remind people that this is Catherine Miller. I'm talking with Abby Ross Marin, the executive director of the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals on Dialogue on Divorce every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30 on WVOX 1460 AM and WVOX.com and also available as a podcast on iTunes and also available on my website, westchesterfamilylaw.com for download. And we're talking about the collaborative divorce option and the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals. And right now, I think we're talking about what we call the disqualification clause, the disqualification clause, which means that the professionals who are hired in the collaborative divorce process are exclusively used for that purpose only. And so in the event that the, and this actually rarely happens, but in the event that the collaborative process fails for some reason, then the professionals are disqualified, hence the disqualification clause, from continuing with the clients into a litigation process. And the purpose of that is to make sure that everybody has 100% commitment to settlement in the collaborative divorce process and is transparent about that so that there's no strategy, oh, I'm going to lead you down this you know garden path this way, but then whack, I'm going to surprise you with an order to show cause and hail you into court on some other thing. And so there's no surprise in that way. And everybody has skin in the game to settle in the collaborative process. You know, one thing that I just want to say is that is, you know, my experience as an attorney is that in a traditional type process, my financial interests as an attorney are not tied to a fast settlement. My financial interests are tied to whether or not I'm a good person or not. And I think most attorneys really do come from a good place and are trying to do their best to settle their clients' cases. I don't like to think of people's lives as cases, but that's how we commonly refer to them. In other states, it's files, which I think is worse. But in any event, you know, but the way the system is set up is that the worse it is for my clients, the better it is for my bank account. And Mm -hmm. really, the reason I don't litigate anymore, one of the reasons is that I'm not comfortable with that paradigm. This disqualification clause is one of the core distinctions about the collaborative process because it goes back to what we talked about just a few minutes ago, which is how do you get people to express what matters to them, to be heard, to be understood, to speak in a way that might make them vulnerable, but is important to understand so that you can craft a solution that works for them. And if you thought that what you were saying in the collaborative process could be used against you in testimony later on, exactly. you probably would not be as open about exactly. what you're going to say. And also maybe not even used against you in court, but also used against you in a sort of traditional type negotiation, right? Yeah. So as a collaborative attorney, and frankly, honestly, as a, an attorney, even in the litigation model, it's really important for me to understand what's important to the other side, because we're never going to get to yes unless the other client, right, the spouse of my client, gets his or her needs met, at least on some basic level. Because even if we come to an agreement or something is forced down that person's throat, it's not going to work. And one of the, I think, real hallmarks of the collaborative divorce process for most people, not for everybody, but for most people, is that these are much more lasting agreements. And when people do have something changes or something that they didn't think of comes up, they have a forum to go back in and work it out in a supportive way rather than in a litigious, argumentative way. That's true. And just bringing in some other members of the collaborative team, like the mental health professional, the mental health professional works 
with both clients in a certain one model, which is a single mental health professional model, or each client has their own and they work together as a team. But the mental health professional really works to help the clients find a way to communicate through the emotions that they might have and why. Again, well, it's also first to set up ways to co-parent for the future, of course, because communication is really important if there's children involved. But it's also for the reasons that you said was that to make sure that you have a durable agreement, because if you can't hear the other person because they're shouting or hitting your hot buttons, you don't know what they want. And if you don't know what they want, they'll never agree because you're never giving them what they need. Exactly. So this is Catherine Miller. This is Dialogue on Divorce. We're here every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30 on WBOX, 1460 AM and WBOX.com, also available as a podcast on iTunes. And I'm talking with Abby Rossmarin, the Executive Director of the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals. And Abby, is there an email address that people could reach you at, at the website, if they have some more questions about the collaborative process or how to find a collaborative professional? Sure. It's a long email. It is under contact us on the website, www.nyacp.com, or it's a rosemarin at New York Collaborative Professionals.org. So, so just find it on the website. It's an easier way. So that's A R O S M A R I N at nycollaborativeprofessionals.org, also available on the website wnycp.com or nycollaborativeprofessionals.org. Before we end today, I want to make sure that we have enough time to talk a little bit about this pivotal moments group. I would imagine that divorce is a pivotal moment in someone's life. I certainly found it to be for myself. It's not exclusive to divorce. Is that right? That's right. Jeffrey Steiger, who is a therapist and a member of NYACP and I, created pivotal moments because we observed that During times of transition, like divorce or children launching or the death of a loved one and many, many other transitions in people's lives, that people are looking to make sense of those transitions and to use those transition times to make a change. And so the group is structured to help people work towards a satisfying and fulfilling life, which often can't happen alone. In order to gain traction, we offer a structured curriculum group feedback and support and individual attention so that people can strategize and create a specific plan and explore their barriers, identify their thought process and what was blocking their creativity. So, so we're using our all of our skills together to help people. So just like a, on a simple message, yeah. it sounds like it's a support group for people to go where they don't have to be embarrassed about what's going on, where they can find other people going through similar and different kinds of transitions and find the strength and the creativity to make the transitions as best they can? It's a little bit more than that because it's also to make a plan and to help make a plan. But often we find that people have ideas of what they'd like to do. They imagine it could be because they want to make a change or because change has happened to them and they have to adjust. And people imagine, well, if I had this, if I had that, I could do this thing, whatever it is. It could be going back to school, losing 10 pounds, writing that book, running a 5K, but it can also be bigger things like getting trained to have a profession, uh, moving, whatever that plan is to those people. But people tend often not to do it for some reason. And first, you have to look at why, why they can't. And then we, through our curriculum and our support, we help people 
identify their barriers and then work through them and then also create a plan. And there's support in that, which matters because we, we need people to help us, particularly in times of transition. So it's a group about trying to get the barriers out of the way so you can get to what you want to do in order to move forward. Correct. But concretely. So it's not a psychotherapy group. It's a, a supportive group experience with a curriculum. And that's, it's limited in size. It sounds very interesting. Yeah. Is there a contact for people who might be interested in that program? Sure. We have groups actually in September that are that are um, forming. There's in New York City. It is on uh, on Monday nights, and in Westchester, it's on we- on Wednesday nights. And you can contact us at info at pivotalmoments.net. Thank you. That's really interesting. It's been great to have us. Join us in two weeks when Lori Davis. The online dating expert will be talking with us about dating, online dating, and how it interacts with divorcing people. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me.